Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. What would you say is like the the most trouble you've ever gotten into that that you're willing to talk about on the show? Like legal trouble or just take that whatever whatever direction you feel compelled to go with it. Um, I mean, uh, one story I always like to tell is that. Uh, I was in 11th grade, and I was on an overnight uh, trip for a club I was in at school. We were, like, out at competition, and uh, me and some of my buddies snuck out of the hotel to go to a Hooters uh, about three blocks away, and when we arrived back at the hotel, our teacher was standing outside of our hotel room waiting on us. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And so we had to call our parents at 11 o'clock at night. And have them come pick us up the next day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, not great. Um, <laughs> not a great time. What about so, you? So people people are usually shocked to to find out that I I actually have a police record. Oh. Yeah, I mean, th- their greatest hits are amazing. Roxanne! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much. Not too much. What have you been up to this week? Oh, you know, doing the, doing the typical work thing, uh, getting ready for my broadcast season to take off this coming Friday. So looking forward to calling uh, 12 games in six weeks here coming up. Yes, I love it. I love yes. it. Well, I know at least one other thing you did this week. Um, and are, that's, are, are we really starting with this? That is you, you, you had to have watched the Kentucky Derby, right? No, actually, I didn't. I was not at home during the Kentucky Derby. Um, well, that's strange because, boy, you sound hoarse. <sighs> I hate you so much. <laughs> you would do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> the bad thing is you even warned me before we started recording that you had something lined up and that it was going to, quote, be worse than the dad joke, unquote. <laughs> Stop laughing, I hate you. <laughs> tell, tell the kids the story. Okay, so you may notice in this episode that good old Cam's voice is a little bit raspy. Sounds a little bit dry than normal, and I might not be as loud this week, which is probably a good thing. Um, okay, so the reason I wasn't home yesterday is I was attending an annual fish fry. Uh, that I always go to. I was helping out with that. I was on hush puppy duty, cooking up hush puppies all afternoon, all that fun stuff. Sit down to enjoy my nice fish dinner, and on the very last bite, I get a fish bone stuck in my throat. Mm. 
and I spend the next three plus hours trying to get said fishbone dislodged from my esophagus with every technique I know how. And and please um, do do share the list of techniques you used because most of them I, I had never heard of. Oh boy, let me tell you. Uh, so of course I started with the you know eat some bread you know scenario. You know, bread is supposed to grab it and take it down. Drinking plenty of water, uh, giving some good, good sturdy coughs, trying to dislodge it. Uh, also, ate a spoonful of peanut butter, uh, ate a couple of spoonfuls of olive oil, drank some vinegar to try to get it down, drank some milk to try to get it down, soaked uh, bread and milk, and swallowed some whole. Uh, I probably ate about half a loaf of bread last night once I got home, trying to get this piece of bone out of my throat. Um, I'm going to skip the details of how I actually got it out, but nonetheless, three hours later of trying everything under the sun, I finally got it dislodged, at which point my throat was raw and probably bleeding. Um, so made for a <laughs> horrible night of sleep last night. I probably got about three hours of sleep, so I'm feeling great here at nine o'clock on a Sunday night to record this podcast for you fine folks. So by all means, if I'm unable to talk by the end of the episode, I hope you're happy. Uh, so, so, so when is your first ball game you're calling? Friday, thank God. Ah, you'll be fine. Yeah, originally it was going to be Tuesday, in which case I would possibly not be doing this show tonight if it was Tuesday. <laughs> we would have, we would have had to call in Donahue or something. Something, yeah. But, you know, it, it goes with eating fried fish, especially, you know, oftentimes there's little bones in them, and, you know, now and then... I just, I don't know. I, I guess I just wasn't careful enough and happened to get it stuck just right. Like, I could breathe just fine. I could swallow just fine. But it was kind of like you could just feel something poking you in the back of the throat, just back behind your tongue, you know, dealing you gotta, with that. You got to pull out those pin bones, man. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, you know, it is you what know it next is. year when you go to your church fish fry, yeah. you just need to remind them that while Jesus can provide fish to the masses— <laughs> He's certainly not going to prep it for you. No. <laughs> Man, this was just frozen whiting. There wasn't a whole lot of prep going into this. <laughs> oh, man. But nonetheless, you know. It, it there there was a moment when I was I was talking with you last night that I was like, uh, I think Cam might have to go to the emergency room. I, I was fairly close. Um, after after about three hours of dealing with it, because at that point it was getting to be about ten ten thirty last night, I ended up I ended up calling my dad and was like, "Hey, need some advice? Uh, here's what's going on." And I rattled off all the things I had tried, and he just gets quiet on the other end of the phone, and finally he just goes. Son, there's only one other thing I know to tell you to do, and you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> he was he was inferring about going to the emergency room late on a Saturday night, and I was not wanting to do that. So oh nonetheless, I, uh, I took drastic measures and got it taken care of. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Well, uh, that makes me incredibly curious as to the answer to this next question. And that okay. is uh, that is what are you drinking tonight? Uh, right now, I am drinking a Lipton uh, citrus green tea because it is cold and refreshing and feels great on my throat at the moment. Yeah, tea is going to be a good call. Although, uh, when when you get into the broadcast booth, I would suggest having hot tea. Yeah, might have to do that. Yeah, the cold tea actually, 
and I just know this from having heard it from having worked at a uh, performance venue for a while. Cold drinks actually constrict your throat, make it mm. harder to talk. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing this isn't a long podcast, Alex. Yes. Yeah, we may, may, <laughs> may be cutting it a bit short this week. So uh, are, we, are we calling this the fishbone episode? Of course. We. I, what else would we call it? As well, you know, I, I really am glad in hindsight that I didn't have to go to the ER because that would have not been very fun. Me too. Me too. I'm I'm really glad you didn't go to the hospital because if you had, then I would have felt really bad about getting on the podcast and saying you got phoned. <laughs> I quit the show. I'm just I'm quitting. This is. I, this is I told you I wouldn't have too much fun with it until I was sure you were okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you waited till now. I appreciate that, Alex. That's <laughs> so kind of you. And and I would uh, I would hope uh, and expect that you would do the same for me. Oh, no doubt. I would rip you to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Oh man, it's been. It's been quite a week. If uh, if y'all remember from last week's episode, having some issues with the house. Well, this week they came in and uh, and basically gutted my kitchen and ripped up all the floors. So uh, my wife and I and the dogs have been staying over at my parents' house. Uh, since luckily for us, they were they were out of town in Chattanooga. They told us we could just use their house. Nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, they didn't have cable, uh, which I mean. Can't complain about the uh, the free lodging. God uh, bless them. I was having to I was having to watch all of the Braves games from the Valley Sports app on my phone. Gross. Uh, not as gross as the, most of the games themselves. Yeah, but, well, you know. <laughs> but we did get to go to uh, to the the second game of the Cubs series on on uh, Tuesday, and that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, Very out fun. of the blue, um, I forget if I'd mentioned on the show or not, but uh, we, so this is our first year where we've been A-list members, and so the first game of our A-list plan is actually not until uh, this time next week, so we've just been waiting for that, and out of the blue got an email from our A-list rep saying, hey, got a bunch of extra tickets for the uh, for the Cubs series, pick a day and we'll, we'll set you up with seats for those, mm-hmm. so... It's like, cool, hey, me and my wife both had Tuesday off, so we picked that game. Uh, wound up with, I think we were in uh, the 13th row of, of like, left center field. Right. Which was, which was really cool, because uh, Acuna hit a bomb about 20 rows past us. That's wild. Uh, it was it was nuts. Um, he, so I think I think I saw it went uh, 300, or sorry, 481 feet. My God, uh, which is the second longest home run in Truist Park history, uh, second only to the one Acuna hit that same direction in 2019, uh, but landed in the concourse. No, 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 that that was last year. Oh, that was last year. Last year against the Red Sox. Yep, a Friday oh. Friday night game against the Red Sox. Oh. I'll never forget it because I, I literally jumped off of my I literally jumped off of my couch whenever he hit that one because I knew <laughs> it was heading to the moon. And and Ronnie also has the third longest home run in Truist Park history, so he is one, two, and three on the list of longest Truist Park home runs, uh, which is which is pretty cool. But um, 
get got to see Marcel or Riley or somebody like that get get on that list. Uh, uh, they, Marcel wasn't far off of one of his this week. Oh my goodness, he. <laughs> That was the most violent swing. Like, that was all of his struggles for the season just unleashed onto one baseball. Yeah. Hey, I gotta I gotta ask you a question about a uh, friend of the show, Dr. Bobble. Yes. Uh, oh, glossed over the fact. Hi, Dr. Bobble. Uh, met Dr. Bobble at that game. Really, really cool guy. Had was he wearing on. was he wearing a stethoscope? Uh, he was not, but true to form, he was wearing, uh, what appeared to be some kind of a Hawaiian print shirt, but when you get up close, uh, it was all different bobbleheads. Yeah, that shirt was quite snazzy, not gonna lie. <laughs> like, I, I saw that, and I was like, Dad Gummit, that is an on-brand shirt, and I love it. There are very few people who can pull that off, but, but uh, that almost has to be required uniform for him. Yeah, I mean... First off, his collection is incredible. It's insane. It that really his his bobblehead room that he has in his house is honestly one of the cooler things I've seen as far as like home sports memorabilia. It's goes. amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and and just a wide variety of, of types of bobbleheads too. You know, like he has really put his work in to have quite the collection. Oh, oh yeah, it's it's remarkable. And he was actually, uh, he had, uh, I, I think he had enough tickets to get five of those three-headed uh, silver slugger bobbleheads. <laughs> um, so uh, I, w- I was able to get one of those from him. So now I have a, a, a new one for my collection of four or five bobbleheads, which I, I feel kind of inferior with. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, Really, really cool. So thanks, Dr. Bobble. Appreciate that. Cool deal, man. Very neat. Ah, what you uh, what what, what you drinking there, pal? Oh, I'm uh, I'm I'm still on this uh, this Japanese whiskey from last week. Oh, really? uh, The Akashi. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I thought about pouring something strong, but then I also thought, man, if I've got an open wound in my throat right now, that might put me through the roof. So well, it. I mean, it's it it's sterile. Uh, it would clean it, cauterize it, maybe. <laughs> and it would sure as hell let you know if you had a cut in your throat. Really oh, quick. real quick. <laughs> roll me over and put me in the ground. I'm I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I can I can hear your voice starting to go. So what do you say we uh, we go ahead and jump into this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right. We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is May 3rd through the 9th. Our first fact comes to us from May 3rd, 1951. In a 17-3 route over the Browns at Sportsman Park, Gil McDougal ties a major league record with six RBIs in one inning. The Yankee Yankee rookie hits his first career home run, a grand slam, and then adds a two-run triple as the Bronx Bombers break out for 11 runs in the ninth. Six RBIs in a single inning. Six RBIs in the same inning. Yes. Am I am I I might be messing this stat up. Didn't Fernando Tatis Sr. 
hit two grand slams in the same inning? He did. So so six. I thought you said six was the record. Uh, in 1951, it was. Um, pay attention. Uh, we're phoning it in tonight, guys. <laughs> I mean, you should have vivid memory of this moment from 1951, Alex. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're not too hoarse for all that, are you? You old. <laughs> all right. Our next fact comes to us from May 4th, 1968. The Simon and Garfunkel tune Mrs. Robinson debuts on the Billboard's Top 40. The song lyrics include the memorable question for the Yankees' former center fielder, Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? A nation turns its lonely eyes to you. Alex, you like Simon and Garfunkel? Uh, I, I, I don't mind them. I'm, yeah. I'm not changing the channel when they come on, but yeah. uh, I, I also don't I, I don't have any of their records. Uh I don't seek them out too often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know the hits. You know, I know you know Mrs. Robinson, the boxer. Um, you know, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Yeah, being a Braves fan right now, that's kind of my anthem. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a good point. I, I mean, and then Paul Simon when they broke off, he had one hit, maybe. Um. I was, was going to say, if you think I, of all people, haven't heard the song, you can call me Al, <laughs> you are sorely <laughs> mistaken. Have you ever seen that music video? Um, It's got Chevy Chase in it. I might have. It's it's not sticking out in my mind, though. It's odd. Go back and watch it. It's fun okay. stuff. Song's still a jam. <laughs> Do you remember when you found out what Mrs. Robinson was actually about, though? Uh, I might not have. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, the song, Mrs. Robinson, refers to, uh, the song is told from the perspective of a young man living at home, and Mrs. Robinson is the next door neighbor, and I will let you figure it out from there. Ah, it's a, it's a coming of age story. Ah, indeed. Indeed it is. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Robinson, that promiscuous maiden. When that when when little uh little little art became a man. Boys really really garfunkled her, you know what I mean? Like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Simon uh, says stop. Okay. Our next back comes to us. <laughs> I just used Garfunkel as a verb. That's wild. <laughs> Our next fact comes to us from May 6th, 1931. So 90 years ago this week, future baseball legend Willie Mays is born in Westfield, Alabama, the son of Annie Satterwhite and William Mays. The Say Hey Kids dad, called Cat due to his quick reflexes, was named after William Taft, the U.S. president elected in 1912, the same year Willie's father was born. So, say hey, celebrating his 90th birthday this week. Happy birthday, Willie. That's pretty cool. You know, I, you know, we, we, we just lost Hank Aaron a couple of months ago. And really, when you start thinking about it, that era, there's not many guys left. I mean, they you really aren't. You got Willie Mays and you've got Sandy Koufax. And I'm not really sure who else beyond that i mean obviously we still have dusty baker but he's a little bit after that period even though he yeah. played with all of them 
Well, luckily, we we have the second coming of Willie Mays and Christian Pache in the outfield right now. Uh, you're dang right. <laughs> that kid. My goodness. All right. Our next fact comes to us from May 8th, 2001. So 20 years ago this week. Diamondback Southpaw fireballer Randy Johnson joins Roger Clemens and Kerry Wood as the only pitchers to strike out 20 batters in nine innings, with the deed not officially recognized as tying a record at first, because the contest against the Reds goes extra innings. After being pulled in the ninth, the three-time Cy Young Award winner does not get an opportunity to break Tom Chaney's Major League mark of 21 strikeouts recorded by the 27-year-old Senator right-hander in a 16-inning contest on September 12, 1962, against the Orioles. I, uh, I bet I bet Randy had a conversation with his manager after that. Uh, yeah, I'm certain some words were said. Because <laughs> if there's one guy that I'm leaving in as long as they want to stay in, it's it's Randy by God Johnson. Uh, Randy can do whatever he wants, it, to be quite honest. <laughs> 20 strikeouts. That I mean, that's just, that's insane. I mean, we we're in awe now when a guy has a you know, an eight strikeout, 10 strikeout game, 20, 20 strikeouts. Goodness. I, I Do, do we see that again? I mean, Serious I think question. we do. I, we, yeah. we had, we had what, uh, didn't DeGrom have 15 this year? I thought it was 12. Maybe. Uh, I think, I, I think someone's tossed 15 this season. Yeah. Like 20's gonna happen again. Right. Especially with as many fireballers as there are these days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's fair. I mean, and we're and we're it feels like we're we're seeing no hitters at least once or twice a season now. Yeah, too. no, I, I think the 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 single game records are 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 fair game. It, yeah. It's the longevity records that I think are gonna stick around for a long, long time. Well, that that's a that's a good point. Good observation. Like I'm not sure how many how many more 300 game winners we're gonna see. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I know if Degrom doesn't start getting some run support, he's not gonna see his wins go up any. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Degrom deserves uh, better. Teespring.com/store/chattingaveragepodcast. Woo. All right, and our final yeah, fact. Roll today, boys. Uh, doing what I can. Our final fact comes to us from May 9th, 2010. Dallas Braden recently made infamous due to his words with Alex Rodriguez when the Yankee third baseman cut across the diamond via the pitcher's mound, throws the 19th perfect inning in perfect game in baseball history, a 4-0 victory over the Rays in Oakland. In attendance for the 26-year-old left-hander Mother's Day Jim is his grandmother, who raced him after his mom died of melanoma during his senior year at Stagg High School in Stockton, California. That's so cool. It's a very cool story. Um, I don't know how much you ever listened to, to Dallas Braden, you know, in the media and things like that. He's a little different, but in a in very much a good way. Like, he... He looks at baseball very much from the fans' perspective, which is refreshing to hear from baseball media. Um, mm-hmm. He even works on the A's broadcast crew now. He's kind of like a oh, does he really? He yeah, he's he's not like a I don't know how you how you really call it. He's not an on-field analyst, but he's not necessarily a commentator. But he's kind of a blend of both. So huh. he's 
he's fed it. So they've got their two kind of like Rod- a tall bird, how he'll jump in and do a like like little bits of color for half an inning or something. Uh, yeah, very similar to that. And like he even has like his own little station set up down near the field, so he's actually seated, you know, somewhat calling the game, but he's not full on versus the other two commentators. So it's kind of neat, you know. But like, like I said, he he's a bit of a breath of fresh air when it comes to baseball media because he, he very much has a fan's perspective on a lot of things. You know, he is all about, you know, bat flip to the moon, beat your chest, let the kids play, be flashy, wear what you want, be different. You know, that that's his thing. And it's and it's neat to hear. He's he's a very cool baseball mind. And I, I think that story of, you know, his perfect game is just kind of one of the neater ones you'll hear that his grandmother got to be in attendance. You know, the lady that really finished his raising, essentially, just neat stuff, man. You know whose thing it isn't to to celebrate home runs is Tom Glavin. Oh my God! <laughs> I had to bring it up. It was the most infuriating thing I've ever heard. Uh, Thank so, goodness I was choking on a fishbone and not listening. To that. <laughs> you know, I, I think you had it better than the rest of us that night. Um, so might have. So we'll. We'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into the game itself, obviously, when we uh, when we when we talk about the week for the Braves. But uh, all what I'll say now is that uh, during this Braves Blue Jays game, our very own Tom Glavin spent what felt like four or five full innings talking about a couple of things. One, how you shouldn't celebrate home runs until like <laughs> August. Uh, and then uh, made a made a seamless segue from that into how an automated strike zone would destroy the game of baseball because there's there's so much that goes into working the ump and knowing the ump's strike zone and 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 trying to 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 finesse what they're calling balls and strikes like, dude, dude, like. <sighs> Like I someone someone came up behind Tom Glavin in that game and flipped the smolt switch. And and we really need that flipped back because it was horrible. Like it was just he set the game back 25 years in four innings. I'm you know, I'm I'm not normally someone who demands that you know this person should lose their job or there should be a check but you gotta wonder though at some point do does you know does ballet sports or you know a combination of ballet sports and braves management look at the broadcast team the way it's set up and say you know guys we gotta do something different because I don't know. It feels like at least once on a nightly basis, it is just coming down on the modern game. And, you know, if I'm if I'm 12 years old and I've enjoyed playing Little League so far and I really like baseball and I'm starting to become I'm not worried about six year olds hearing that. I'm worried about like the 12, 13, 14 year old. Oh, of yeah. all, the, all of a sudden starting to hear, you know, starting to be 
um, knowledgeable of the game and starting to be aware of like what's being said on TV, you know, kind of that early sports center mindset where, you know, sports just isn't something cool anymore. It's something that you can understand and converse about, you know, that kind of age. If all of a sudden, if I'm turn, if I'm tuning into a game to watch these players that I know are exciting and cool and awesome and have all this personality and the two guys describing the game to me are just downing it. You know, what yeah, why, does... like, why do I want to continue to watch a game? Yeah. When the people who are who are voicing that game are telling me how bad it is and how great it used to be. Yeah, I I just I, I don't know. I it's so where I don't hear that. I don't hear that in football. Nope. I don't hear that in basketball. Nope. I don't hear that in hockey. I don't hear it in soccer. Don't hear it in tennis or any other sport that I watch. This is a thing that is unique to to baseball. And I won't say it's all of baseball, but it's a, a small segment of the commentators who can have a huge effect on the future of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all perception. You know, you are you are very much presenting the product and it's you know, you're, you're helping determine how things are perceived. And I. Again, I don't, I don't know at what point do you, you know, if you're in management or ownership, you look at it and say, this isn't the tone we want. Well, I think, I, I think, uh, I don't think Glavin's totally invested in, in that job. I think they just have him there because he's Tom Glavin. And oh, yeah. It's good to have somebody who has name recognition in that position. Uh, Chip's not going anywhere. Um, his last name is Carrie, so he's <laughs> basically got an unofficial lifetime contract. Yeah, but give me guys like like Jeff Francoeur, like like Paul Chris Burke, Medlin. Where's he? Chris, Chris what, Medlin. What, what is Chris who, Medlin up to? People who know the game, who appreciate what the game currently is, can can present that in an exciting way and, and also be informative. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it it's it's kind of frustrating. It, yeah. it really is. And I've I feel like I've I've kind of let it slide. And, you know, I've kind of said, well, you know, that's just kind of how it. But I'm at the point why now does it have where, to be Smoltz and Glavin at the top of this list, for goodness sake. Like, why does it have to be two of my childhood Braves heroes? Yeah. That are now just crapping on the game as much, if not more than anybody else. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Well, anyway, that has been This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to recap the last week for your Atlanta Braves. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. All right, we are going to get into the past week for the Atlanta Braves. But first, something I got to clean up from last week. We were talking about our patrons, who we dearly love and appreciate. And I made a little mistake. 
Your boy missed one. Do you, do you, what's what's that music? Oh my! Oh my God, Camp! Could it be Goldberg? Goldberg, Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Josh Goldberg is uh, is a patron of the show as well. So thank you, Josh. We really appreciate you, man. Thanks, bud. And if you'd uh, like to become a patron of this fine show, you can go to patreon.com slash chatting average podcast, where you have additional content available to you. And we'll have some more coming out throughout the season as well. We hope if time permits all that fun stuff, but nonetheless, we appreciate you being a patron. Cam doesn't catch any more fish bones in his throat, you know? Yeah. hope not. <laughs> All right. So uh, this time last week, we were talking about uh, about getting no hit by Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, that didn't happen again. Uh, As we were we were recording last week's episode, we were also watching the uh, the Braves Cubs game on Monday night. Uh, You may have heard Cam scream towards the end of it. Braves win. Uh, Well, they did. He was right. Uh, Braves won the game eight to seven. Uh, Charlie Morton gave us five and a third innings pitched with four hits, allowing five earned runs, uh, three walks, and six strikeouts. Tyler Part of that Matzik, being a grand slam by Chris Bryant. Yeah. Tyler Matzik also came in and struggled a bit, uh, walking two, allowing a hit, surrendering two earned runs, and striking out two. Luckily, we had Freddie Freeman come in. Uh, with to to hit a three-run home run, his sixth of the season, giving the Braves an eight-to-five lead that they would hold on to. Dansby Swanson also chipped in with a bomb that night. So so nice to come come off of that horrible Sunday where you lose both ends of a doubleheader with only one hit combined, uh, and come back and win the next night against the Cubs. So we we started off the series well going into Tuesday. Braves win five to nothing. Ian Anderson comes in and throws one of the best games that he's had as a professional. Uh, Goes seven innings full, allowing only one hit, no earned runs, one walk, and strikes out eight. Man, did that kid look good. Wild. I mean, he's... You know, it's funny that we kept hearing that all right, this Ian Anderson kid, because at this point we've already seen Max Free, we've already seen Mike Soroka, you know, we've seen your Colby Allards, Tuki Toussaint's, Bryce Wilson's, you know, every, everybody uh, of that that stature. And we kept hearing that, just wait till you see this Ian Anderson kid. He's really good. Like, just wait. He might be the best of the crop. And I, you know, I know it's still very early in his career, but I might be willing to accept that notion that a couple of seasons from now, we might be looking at Ian Anderson as the best in the rotation. Let me let me throw a stat at you that I heard from from after that start from Ian Anderson. Throw it on me. Ian Anderson is the first pitcher in the live ball era to have three starts of six innings pitched or more allowing one hit or less in their first 11 starts. Let that sink in for a second. That's Cam, you're you're the 
you're the the official statistician of the show. Uh, sure. When did, the, when did the live ball era start? Uh, let's see. The live ball era started about a hundred years ago, Alex. Yeah, I'm thinking 1920-ish, something around there. Yeah, right around. And yeah, it actually might have been 1920. But yes. So think of all think of all the the pitching phenoms that have come through in that time. Literally like the, everyone we tout minus Cy Young and Walter Johnson. Right. It's 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 remarkable. Like and so many pitchers like come out hot and have a good first season and kind of fall off and but but nobody nobody in their first 11 starts has done what Ian Anderson has done. Yeah. Um, appreciate what we're watching with this kid, guys. He is something special. Indeed, he is. It's it is certainly a sight to behold. Yeah. So so Braves win on Tuesday, makes it two in a row. Going into Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. Things just started to click. Finally, the Braves win 10 to nothing. Waskar, I know, comes out again and spins a gem, goes five and a third innings, allowing four hits, no earned runs, two walks, and nine strikeouts. Not only that, but pretty much everybody hits a home run. Freddie Freeman hits his seventh of the season. Marcelo Zuna hits his second of the season. Ozzie Albies hits his fourth of the season. Austin Riley hits his third of the season. Cam, am I missing anybody? Uh, are you? I, th- I think, yes. Waskar Ainoa. Oh, yeah. Hits a home run. <clears throat> After having singled earlier in the game, goes two for two on the night with his first big league homer. So not only did he shut the Cubs down from the mound, he hits a dinger to go with it. And he was already one for one on the night with uh, with a single and right after he had that single i just tweeted out there you know was gonna hit a bomb this season little did i know it was you did little did i know it was gonna be about 45 minutes later and (laughs) i absolutely lost my mind (laughs) that was that was really crazy let me tell you when he connected on that pitch i think i just audibly yelled out no way (laughs) just and, and it was like he didn't have a whole lot of lower body in the swing. He just he just slapped at it. Yeah. Just, just caught it flush. It was awesome. I think I might have laughed for about 15 minutes straight after it <laughs> happened. Like, you ever just see he'd something? Had a, he'd had a two-for-two two game from the plate earlier. Yeah, the like, Friday like, before. Yeah. Like, you ever just see something just, like, so wild that you just can't help but just laugh at it? Watch this. What? What? Waskar Noah has the best batting average on the Braves. Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> Lord. Uh, one other uh, one other milestone was hit in uh, in Wednesday's game. Austin Riley had his first career four hit game. Yeah, he's starting to figure it out, guys. Um, yeah, he he's really finding it, and it's not not the way that maybe we were thinking it was going to be. Um, because we've just always perceived him to end up being this big power hitter, and the power is going to come back along, I think. But I mean, he's just he's getting on base, and I don't think you can complain about it. He's batting over 300 at this point. That's awesome. 
it's it's off and it's the best part of it is it's he's not just going up there swinging away and and finally making some contact like he is putting together fantastic at bats he's seeing a lot of pitches just about every time he's at the plate so even if he's striking out he's making the pitcher work for it yeah yeah absolutely i mean he's he's just becoming a smarter hitter he is putting together at bats he's not just going up there and and swinging away like you said yeah uh all right so Oh, man. Braves have won three in a row. They are on a winning streak. Was that Sunday doubleheader the the spark that this team needed to get things going? They got three in a row going for the sweep on Thursday. Cubs win nine to three. Bryce Wilson, Josh Tomlin, Nate Jones and Jesse Biddle all allowing earned runs. One bright spot being a monstrous Marcelo Zuna home run that we referenced earlier in the show, but uh, that was uh, that was not pretty baseball on Thursday night. No, it wasn't. But you know, it it, it was a bullpen game. We kind of uh, Wilson Bryce Wilson was coming out on short rest, and we knew and we knew too that coming into the game that because we had another series coming up right after the four game stretch that somebody was just going to have to eat it in this game if need be. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's fine. And it ended up being that, hey, took three out of four. Can't complain. Yeah, three out, three out of four plays all day long. So, uh, you know, leave the ballpark on Thursday. Uh, hop on the, the short flight south to uh, <clears throat> uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, <laughs> to I'm sorry, you said south? I, I don't think that's how that works, Alex. Oh, well, funny thing. The Blue Jays are playing their regular season games in, in well, how, how do you pronounce it? Dunedin, Florida or something like that? Dun, Dunedin. Dunedin. Dunedin, Florida. Dun, Dunedin, Florida. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> Florida. Florida. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you well, haven't uh, lived... You haven't lived till you've met somebody from down there that actually pronounces it that way. <laughs> Florida. They're a different breed down there, Cam. Uh, uh, there's so, several different breeds down there. It all just depends on what part of the state you go to. One one could argue that they are all the same breed. Maybe. I don't know. I, God, I hope we don't have any Panhandle listeners. But you ever go down to the Panhandle? <laughs> That's an odd bunch I, down there. I think everybody in the metro Atlanta area took their you know, high school family vacations to the panhandle of Florida. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I, well, I can't complain too much. I've been to Myrtle Beach more times than I can probably count. And right. Like, not for, And it's not for the better. There, there are some odd birds out there in coastal Carolina, too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, boy. Yeah, you, you go down, down into the low country. You go down east, buddy. You will oh, no, I, I used to I used to go to summer camp in coastal North Carolina. Mm, yeah, there were there were some characters out there, that's for sure. Oh yeah, you you meet you meet some folks out there, that's for sure. <laughs> and most of them are selling shrimp out of the back of a truck. So yes, that's, yes, that's a grand old time. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't take me wrong. Not a not a cube of ice to be seen. Nah, be all right. <laughs> Toughen you up. At least there's no bones in shrimp. <laughs> 
All right. So go. So Friday we start our series with the Blue Jays, and uh, it does it does not go well. First game, Blue Jays win 13 to five, and guys, it was not as close as that score makes it sound. <laughs> yeah, that. It, well, it was it was nothing to nothing going into the third, and then that game got out of hand real quick. Oh yeah, Drew Smiley came in, and the first time through the order looked looked pretty good, but uh, only got through four innings, allowing seven hits, five earned runs, walking four, striking out three, but also allowing three home runs. When your strikeout to home run ratio is one to one, you're probably not gonna have a good day. I think I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. So I think I saw something last year. I think I saw something where last year he gave up a total of like six home runs. And so far he's given up eight this season. Yeah. And we're a month in. Like how? I don't, I don't understand what has happened. Um, so he, he's going on the IL in June, right? Uh, yes, he's going to have one of those mysterious 2019 Ender Enciarte injuries yeah. uh, where he just disappears for a few months. But conveniently, Mike Soroka is going to be healthy and ready to take his place. So by golly, we'll please, be Lord, right. let Mike come back good. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Very much like the game before, we had Smiley. Edgar Santana making his first appearance. Jacob Webb, Sean Newcomb, Tyler Matzik, again, all allowing earned runs. Um, our bullpen, guys, uh, it, it, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, some would say... It's not good right now at all. Some would say that uh, it makes it hard to win games when you keep giving up runs throughout the course of the game. You know, uh, I was I was going back and listening to to some old Braves podcasts and and there was this one guy who was saying, you know, right at the end of last season that 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 the Braves number one priority in the offseason didn't need to be Marcelo Zuna, didn't need to be starting pitching. It needed to be preserving the dominant bullpen. Do, Do you remember hearing that camp? Boy, nobody's going to toot that horn but you, are they, Alex? <clears throat> are you mocking um, me? I, I hate to say I told you so. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but I told you so. Nobody, it's on tape. You can go find it. Nobody likes a braggart, sir. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I wish I was not doing this right now. Believe oh, man, you me both, brother. <laughs> All right, well, Saturday surely turned around, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Saturday went great. I mean, we started the game, uh, loaded the bases with with three consecutive singles ahead of Christian Pache, who comes in and hits his first career Grand Slam in his first game back from the IL. Oh, uh, my God. His, his first regular season home run. His first regular season home run. Everything is coming up, Braves. They're up four to nothing early. <clears throat> um. What what happened after that, Cam? I don't know. I was busy trying not to die, Alex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you picked a good game to miss. So uh, uh, Braves end up, you know, the, the, the Blue Jays end up tying the game at four. Acuna hits a bomb because that's what he does. 
Yeah. Jays take a five to four lead. Blue Jays tie it up late. And what do we get when we have a tie game at the end of nine innings? We get fake baseball. And how do the Braves do in fake baseball? They lose every single time. So, of course, Mr. Nathan Jones, stop me if you've heard that name before. I have. He uh, he he wrestled. He tagged with Undertaker at WrestleMania 19 <laughs> against Big Show and A Train. Even though it turns out Nathan Jones not a good wrestler, so they pulled him from the match at the last minute. So then it became a handicap match. But then he came out at the last minute to help Undertaker win. Um, guys, when I tell you that Cam Matthews knows obscure wrestling facts. <laughs> Like I, I don't, like I don't know the story he's talking about, um, but I also know that I don't have to look it up. Everything he said is just his fact. Look it up. <laughs> I don't have to. That's what I have you for. Nathan Nathan Jones was a big Australian dude that Vince signed. He was like he he was legitimately close to seven feet tall, jack kind of guy, right? Um, his nickname was the Colossus from Bago Road, which apparently is a prison in Australia because he served time. Um, had a great look. Then they got him into the wrestling ring. Turned out he was the drizzling shits. So, Cam, what? <laughs> well, that he has this, this that is... in he has that in common with Nate Jones at least. Oh man, that dude's not good. But what? I mean, I, uh, can we, yeah. Can we... Can we get back to baseball? <laughs> no, we're a wrestling podcast now. <laughs> God, after those two games, we we, we need to consider <laughs> it. Um, but sorry, I won't call him Nathan anymore. Nate Jones. Yeah, please, and- please, please call him Nate, because when you say Nathan, I'm just going to immediately start going into <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> ah, that'll that'll make me happier than reading Nate Jones stats. That's for sure. Uh, Nate Jones comes in to pitch the 10th after a great ninth from Will Smith. Uh, Of course, the runner starts on second, so it's fake baseball. Uh, And Nate Jones proceeds to walk two and allow the walk-off hit. So Braves lose the game six to five in extra innings because they do not do well in extra innings. So, you know, you you lost the game. Things can't get any worse, right? You know, we still have... Wait, there's more. You know, we still haven't scored a run in extra innings yet this year. Um, yeah, that wasn't the worst part of this game. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you have you sign you sign your you sign your big league catcher, and he tears a thumb ligament, tagging a guy out at home plate. So Travis Darno is on the 60-day IL presumably out for the vast majority of the remainder of the season because he's got to go get surgery to reattach that thumb ligament. So, okay, cool. Still got Alex Jackson, right? Nope. Alex Jackson goes down with a hamstring injury. He's on the 10-day IL. So now you have to call up uh, William Contreras. He is your, presumably, your everyday catcher. And you have some guy named Jeff Mathis on your active roster as your backup catcher now. Things aren't going well. 
I this is the darndest thing I've ever seen. How do you lose both catchers in the same game, man? Come on. Well, it's not just that, but just on top of, you know, losing Pache earlier, losing Ozzy and Ronald at the start of the season, um, you know, losing Freed, losing Smiley for a time. Like, it's just having Nate Jones. It, it is just I don't know how to describe this first month of baseball that we just watched. But boy, snake bit certainly comes to mind. Yeah. All right. So, you know, started the week hot, 1-3. Kind of cooled off after that. You lost the last three in a row. You got a chance to salvage something out of the series. Avoid the sweep on Sunday. Blue Jays win 7-2. Ian Anderson comes in, and, and I, can't fault, I can't fault him. He's been fantastic. He had a rough outing today. Threw four innings, allowed six hits, four earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Not, not great. Not the worst line in the world. You know, you have some firepower in your offense. You should be able to put up more than two runs when you've got a guy like Ian Anderson on the mound. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And it was just another one of those ugly games that you never really felt like the Braves were in. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've, I've joked about it on Twitter. I've said it on the show. But I swear, it just it just feels like this team cannot find any kind of rhythm. Uh, there has only been one instance so far this year where we did not lose multiple games at a time. It, or or in, in a row, rather. We lost that Saturday game in Chicago, but that was bookended by wins. That is the only instance this season where we lost a game and then immediately rolled into another win. Otherwise, it has just been repeat losses back to back. I I don't know. No, no, no. I take that back. I take that back. We lost to New York and won the following game. So... In that five-game stretch, we went win, loss, win, loss, win, win. But let me let me just let me let me kind of give you the breakdown of how our season has gone so far. Start the season, lose four in a row. Turn around, win four in a row. Turn around, lose four in a row. Win two, lose one. Win one, lose one. Win two, lose two. Win three, lose four. And that's where we are right now. Like, is this a joke? Is this actually happening? What is going on? Uh, the One month in, and this is the third time that we've lost four in a row. This is a team that is desperately struggling to find its identity right now. Yeah. Um, which is which is odd, considering it's, it's essentially, uh, for, you know, 90% of the team is the same team that went to Game 7 of the National League Championship Series last year. Yep. I don't know. I just and, and again, it's not like much of the East is doing any better. You know, this I mean, whole, that's that's the one good thing about this is there's still only two games out of first place. Yeah, which, which is crazy to me. But uh, I don't know. They've they've got to find something. They have got to figure something out, because I don't know if you can have another month like this and. You know, really come back unless in the dog days of summer you find it. But boy, what a month. 
What an absolute month. Yeah. Well, let me uh let let me let me ask you this. Are there are there any surprises so far this month, you know, just around the league? Well, to to kind of to kind of end the weekly recap on on something positive. Uh, you remember me mentioning a few games back when Austin Riley had his first career four-hit game? Yeah. Well, and on Sunday against the Blue Jays, Austin Riley had his second career four-hit game. This guy is hitting his batting average is 329 right now. He has an on-base percentage of 431. Goodness. He is like Austin Riley is the second best hitter on the Atlanta Braves right now. Behind only Ronald Acuna Jr. Yep. What? What? what, what what's going on? <laughs> He's finding it. Where? That which, which is great. Like I'm a huge Austin Riley fan. I love to see this guy having success. But where is Freddie Freeman? Where is? Uh, where's Marcelo Zuna? Where's Ozzy Albies? Where? Where's? Well, Travis Darno's gone forever. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, where, where is the rest of this team? Like, where's Dansby Swanson? Like, there have to be other guys that contribute if this team's going to have any success whatsoever. And, and I mean, just me personally, I have had a rough week. So, obviously, that is affecting my perspective on how, on the Braves as a whole, we are all of a month and two days into the season. In the grand scheme of things, there's more than enough time to get all of this figured out but it is really really difficult to stay positive right now well at least the first place team in the east is only sitting on a 500 record so <laughs> that's true oh goodness gracious and and, so, and there's there's plenty of other good teams scuffling right now like not necessarily record wise but like you look at the dodgers they've gone three and seven in their last 10 and That's they're, true. they're sitting in second place in the West and we fully expect them to, you know, turn it on to, to come through the, come through. Well, uh, I mean, they started the the what, year. like 15 and four or something silly like that. Yeah. Like yeah. you knew that wasn't sustainable, but um, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the streakiness of these Braves right now that, that I think is, is the biggest frustration. Right. Like, I want to go back to that team last year and the year before that would win two, lose one, win two, lose one, win three, win two, lose one. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we I, I, this team, more than anything else, desperately needs to go on a streak of winning, you know, six out of eight, seven out of ten. Like, they desperately need that kind of run, you know, to yes. really and, – and, and honestly, winning the three in a row against Chicago that we did, I thought this, I thought that was a turning point. Like I really thought after Wednesday's game, they were about to just take off. I was positive of it. Yeah, as I'm sure plenty of people were. I, I don't know. I, I think they're just, they're still just looking to find it, and I, I still think they will. I don't think it's too late. Um, but boy, they, they can't keep playing around too much longer. It doesn't feel like. No, no, they got, they got to get something figured out, and wh- whether that be, you know. Uh, making a making a move for a, a catcher who can hit to fill that spot that we're going to be missing with 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 TDA for a while, or or bringing in some bullpen help. Shane Green's still a free agent. Somebody, anybody, like we need either our guys here to step up, or we got to bring some guys in to do it. But but the way it's going right now, just just is not going to cut it long term. So 
I received a text this week uh, deferring away from the Braves just for a moment. I received a text this week from one of our faithful listeners. Oh. Josh Goldberg wanted to know why you won't bring up the Red Sox. Is it because they're doing good? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the first place in the East Red Sox? Um, okay, so let's see. Pulling up the Red Sox, they have uh, just come off of losing three out of four to the Texas Rangers. Oops. <laughs> Hey, that mean that means Fulty did well enough today. Cuz they faced Fulty today. Um they they lost to the Rangers today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulty plays for the Rangers, Alex. Oh yeah, no, I'm confused. I don't know. I can tell. <laughs> no, he just he just he jokingly texted me and said, "Alex is going to wait for the Red Sox to be bad to bring him up, isn't he?" Uh probably yes. Um which I think is what just happened actually in Oops. retrospect. Um, but yes, the Boston Red Sox are in first place in the American League East, which is something. Um, they are 17 and 12. They have a one and a half game lead on the Toronto Blue Jays, who just blew our doors off, uh, who are followed by the now 500 New York Yankees. Tampa Bay, the reigning uh, American League champions, are in fourth place at 14 and 15. And Baltimore is in fifth at 13 and 15, but only two games below 500 and only three and a half games behind first place. Uh, O's World Series or bust. Hey, <laughs> there you go, Goldberg. I talked about your Red Sox. O's World Series or bust. You know, coming into this past week, the Pittsburgh Pirates were sitting at 500, which was wild. I, I this. Baseball's weird, man. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 we, I, we've got a podcast and like, I, I do research and stuff and I think I know baseball and then games get played and I have no clue what's going on in this game anymore. You know, I, I would say that we, we, and there's still time for it to happen, but you know, we really joked about the Pittsburgh Pirates potentially being historically bad. But boy, the Detroit Tigers are giving it a good run. Yes. yes uh, the Detroit, Detroit Tigers currently sitting eight and twenty-one, have gone one and nine in their last ten, and have a run differential of negative sixty-two. Goodness gracious. Negative sixty-two. They are currently nine and a half games back of the first place best record in baseball, Kansas City Royals. As we all predicted. <sighs> What is baseball? I, I swear Baseball's to God, weird. I swear to God, I know more about cricket than I do baseball. Like, what is going on? That makes one of us. <laughs> I don't know anything about cricket. Okay, that's fair. All right. Well, moving into the preview for the next week for the Braves from uh, from sunny, warm Toronto. The Braves are flying north to Washington D.C. to face the Nationals. Uh, in the first game, we've got Waskar Ainoa looking to follow up on that fantastic outing he had facing Joe Ross. Okay. I like it. I like the matchup. Sorry, a video popped up and started playing sound in my ears, and it was weird. Ugh. 
That game will be at 7.05 on Bally Sports South. Thank Wednesday. goodness. <laughs> seven, a 7 o'clock start. I don't I know, know what it is. 7.05 starts. Okay, I don't know what it is, but that 15-minute difference between 7.05 and 7.20 feels like an hour and a half. It does. It's very strange. It's the worst. So Wednesday, we are uh, facing the Nationals again at 7.05 with, thank you, God, a returning Max Freed on the hill. We need you so bad, Max. We need you now more than ever. Now we just need him to be good. Yes, yes. Hope, hopefully he, he you know, the the little time off he had was was the cure for what ailed him. He's going up against Eric Fetty. We'll see what happens there. I, I believe the Braves touched him up last time he pitched against us. So, uh, so, so got uh, got some reason for optimism there. And then we end the series against the Nationals with a 4:05 start. Drew Smiley's back on the mound facing John Lester. <laughs> final gonna, final I'm, score 14 to 12. Yes, I am predicting conservatively four stolen bases for Ronald Acuna Jr. in that game. My goodness. <laughs> the man can't throw to first. He can't. It's the <laughs> darndest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. He's He's been an all-star pitcher. The man's won a World Series. He can throw 90-something to the plate. Can't throw a ball to first base. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, like it, it's the it's so strange. Baseball's weird. Yep, yep. Well, from there, the Braves turn around on Friday and come back home. Thankfully, home has been good to the Braves so far. We've got a series against Philadelphia starting Friday, going Saturday and Sunday. The biggest thing about this series for the Atlanta Braves is for the first time this season. They will be at 100% capacity in Truist Park. Hopefully, that is the energy that the Braves need to get this thing really turned around. That house is about to be rocking, Daddy. Oh, my goodness. And for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, no less. For the Friday game, we have Charlie Morton taking them out against Zach Eflin, who the Braves really struggled with the last couple of times they saw him. Uh, Hopefully, that trend doesn't continue. Saturday, we've got a 720 start on FS1 featuring Ian Anderson going up against Matt Moore. And to close the series on Sunday, 7 o'clock start on Sunday Night Baseball, Waskar and Noah going up against Aaron Nola. How cool that, you know, especially with Sunday being Mother's Day, that hopefully Aaron Nola will get to hang out with both his parents. You know, he'll, he'll spend the morning with his mom and then come and hang out with his dad, Waskari Noah. <laughs> Luckily for me, that Sunday night baseball game against Philly is going to be the first game of my A-list season ticket package, so I do not have to watch on TV and have Alex Rodriguez tell me how awesome bunts are. Ayo. It's gonna be fantastic. Well, let me tell you something, Maddie. Oh my God, I hate it. I hate it so much. Nobody knows more about baseball players that that. Uh, hold on, let me start that over. Nobody has more useless facts about baseball players that don't relate to baseball than Alex Rodriguez. 
For example, he mentioned Bryce Wilson having been a linebacker in high school in North Carolina no fewer than three or four times the last time he called a Bryce start. Like, it is just... I, it's like he doesn't even like talking about baseball. Uh, I'm just not sure that he's capable of coherently talking. Uh, well, he's now uh, a part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, so hopefully he takes this opportunity to do that full-time and leaves the booth on Sunday nights. Yeah! Fingers crossed. <laughs> and hopefully... We're back here next week, and I have a much more positive tone in my voice than I do today, because this week was rough, guys. Yeah. But hey, you know what? That's baseball. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains, and sometimes you get a fishbone stuck in your throat. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Cam, I am Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new one. Bye. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.